Well, good morning, Destiny Church. Is anybody excited to be in the house of God this morning? Hey, man, we're excited to see all of you. How, how, how about that awesome, powerful time of worship? Let's give it up for that time of worship this morning. Amazing, amazing. Now, is anybody ready for the word this morning? All right. I had to, I had to teach the first service. We're going to do the same thing in the second service. You know, we get so excited about uh, the worship and coming in and having that corporate times, probably because we can blend in and not feel convicted and different things. We just get to worship. But how many of you know that the word is just as important, if not more important, than our corporate time of worship? So I'm going to ask you one more time. Is anybody excited for the word of God this morning? Amen. Amen. Well, I am going to get right into it. I'm so excited. I, I, I didn't sleep last night. I didn't talk much yesterday. My wife thought something was wrong with me, but I was just saving my voice so I could yell at y'all all day today. <laughs> so we're going, to have a, we're going to have a good time. If you guys could help me here on the monitors one more time, please, a little bit. Uh, but I am so excited to be sharing the word this morning. It is uh, God just moved so powerfully in the first service, and I pray that, that he does that and more in the second service. And uh, I, I want to use this analogy, uh, a baseball analogy. Today, I feel like I got a special assignment today, Pastor Gene. Uh, Pastor Gene is, is he's, our, he's our ace, man. He's, he's, the, he's the best pitcher. He comes in, and sometimes he pitches the whole game, and sometimes, you know, he calls in the closer, and the closer comes in for like an inning or two. So can I just be the closer this morning and, and come in and give you a word this morning? So that's why I'm, I'm going to come in, come in and just share a word and try to continue um, off of this thought a little bit. Uh, of taking your territory, except I'm going to give you a little extra bonus message. I want to talk to you from the thought this morning saying, let it burn. Let it burn. Everybody say, let it burn. One more time, say, let it burn. You know, we, we hear messages uh, often, all the time about uh, 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 taking your territory. You know, we, we were so blessed by, by this mini-series that Pastor Gene gave us on taking our territory. And, you know, most of us got it right away. We were inspired. We were invigorated. We, we went and we took our territory. We've heard so many testimonies of people beginning to take their marriages back and call on their healing and pray over their children's backpacks and shoes and different things and stuff like that, taking their territory. But then there's still some of us that are like, I get it, but I, I'm not quite there yet. And so today I pray that this message just pushes you over the top. And what happens is those, some of those people who we still haven't got it yet, we, we get in this mindset of, oh, well, you know, I, I'm going to take my territory back, you know, eventually, maybe, hopefully, you know, that, that would be nice. And then we get to the point, it's like, well, I think, and we get in this mindset where we're like, I, I can't get it. Or, or, or we get in this mindset, well, uh, you know, I'm not good enough, or I don't know the, the word good enough. I don't know scriptures good enough. I don't know all the Christian worship songs. I'm just learning this Christian walk thing, or I, I'm just struggling in some areas. And so, you know, it'll happen to me eventually. It'll happen to me next. I'm next. And if we're not careful, how many of y'all have heard sermons from different pastors and stuff like that saying, you're next, you're next, you're next. You're next. Huh? Your healing is on the way next. Huh? Your blessing is on the the way next touch three people and say you're next you're next you're next you're just gonna be next until you're just gonna be dead like you're gonna be dead if I can get a little bit more Tucker um I, I'm just like all these people I'm, I'm sick of these I'm next you're next messages but when we get a message like taking your territory that is not for a year down the road that is not for a month down the road that is not even for the next day but God is saying that we can take our territory now can somebody say amen to this in this God is saying that we can take 
our territory now. This this next mentality, this next mentality is what gets us in trouble. And 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 you want to know who really wants you to stay in that next mentality? The devil, the enemy. He wants you to stay right there. He wants you to say, "Oh yeah, eventually I'll get there, and hopefully I'll get there, and maybe it'll happen." Because he's not intimidated by that. He's not intimidated by that. But what he is intimidated is when you receive that word and say, "God, you know what? No, I'm not waiting any longer. I'm not going to let that thing control me, control my mind, control my emotions. No, I'm going to step up and I'm going to receive it, take my territory back, walk with spiritual authority, and I'm going to do it right." now and listen the enemy once you do that he backs up y'all he he's afraid of that you know i've I've heard a quote before and some of you probably heard this before some of the most uh, amazing books some of the most amazing movies some of the most amazing worship songs some of the most amazing motivational speeches some of the most amazing everything guess where it is y'all it's in the grave because what people did is they probably had that next mentality Oh, I'll get to that book when, when I get there. I'll get to that business that God wanted me to start eventually. I, I'll get to that forgiveness that's in my heart, and, and, and I'll, I'll go to them and ask them to, 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 to uh, forgive me and all those different things. We wait until it's too late. But listen, God is not calling us to take our territory next. He wants us to take it now. Everybody shout now. God has called some of you to step out into ministry or connect with ministry. God has called some of you to go to school, come back to school. God is calling some of you to start your own business instead of continue working where you are. And God has called many of you into a different aspect of your life, but you wait because you have the next mentality. You have the next mentality. Why do we have the next mentality? You want to know why? Because we try to figure it out. We try to figure out, well, how am I going to get there? How am I going to start that business? How am, how are we going to get past this in our marriage? How am I going to receive my healing? How am I going to do that? Let me tell you, you are never going to figure it out. You will never figure it out. But I'm here to tell you that the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, he has everything that you need. Look at this statement I made here. Stop depending on what's in your account and start depending on what's in God's account. I'm going to give, that's God's right there. Stop depending on what's in your account. What do you mean by that? You're talking about money. I'm not just talking about money. I'm talking about resources. I'm talking about connections. I'm talking about divine direction. I'm talking about healing. I'm talking about all these different things that you cannot do on your own. So you need to stop depending on what strength, what power that you have and depend on what God has so you can receive it now. Everybody shout now. So we can receive it now. So if you have something on your heart, you know God has been stirring you over these, over these last couple of minutes. God has been stirring you over these last couple of, uh, 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 of, of situations, of these couple of messages. And you're like, I want to step out there. I want to do that. I want to receive that calling. I want to I walk in that. But some of us are waiting until next. And God is saying, go for it and go for it now. One more time, everybody shout now. Now, some of you are like, what in the world? Like, how, how, how are you tying this now message into let it burn? So what I'm going to do is I'm going to paint a picture, and it's going to be real ugly. Uh, I'm going to give it to you in several different pieces this morning. Uh, but, but then at the end, I'm going to bring it back together and paint it on and, and wrap a bow on it, and it's going it's to make sense. I want to talk to you today about a man named Elisha, a man named 
Elisha. Now, in order to know Elisha, we must first know who Elijah is. And so let me tell you who Elijah was. Elijah was a prophet of God. And y'all, Elijah was God's man, y'all. Like, he was, I mean, so connected to God. He was God's man. He, he, him and him and God had, you know, hand signals. They had dap. I mean, he was like, cuckoo. Like, Elijah and God was super cool, man. And, and, and so I, I want to explain to you, I want to show you how, how important, how cool he was and how close to God he was. There was a time that there was a famine in the land, and he actually prophesied it to those people and said, hey, uh, um, uh, there's a famine coming to the land, and it actually hit him at the same time. And he didn't have anything to eat. He didn't have anything to drink. But guess what happened? He was sitting there one time, and God commanded. He sent ravens to bring him food and feed him. How many think that that is, that is connected to God? I mean, this man, think about it. This man was getting Chick-fil-A directly from heaven straight to his doorstep. Like, I mean, come on. Chick-fil-A has great service. Y'all know that they got great service, but they can't top that. I mean, ravens bring you some chicken. It, that's that's because he was God's man. There was another time that 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 God used him as one of the coolest things that happened in the Bible is is uh, he um, got to call fire from the sky. And if you don't remember this story, this story here, he he uh, called these two men together. He he so the 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 Jezebel was coming after them, and so Jezebel is the wife of this uh, wicked ruler, and. She didn't like God. She didn't like anything about God. And she said, I want you to kill all of the prophets, anybody who says anything about God, anybody who believes anything about God. I want you to take them out. So Elijah hears that. And naturally, what does he do? He acted like a black man and he ran. We don't ask questions. Y'all see, see, let's, let me teach y'all something real quick. I love, I love my Caucasian friends. But y'all hear noise. Y'all hear gunshots. Oh my Lord. What was that? Black people. Let's go. We, no, we, <laughs> sorry, that was not supposed to be in the message. <laughs> anyway, Lord, bring me back on track. Where was I at? So he, he ran, he got away and, 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 but then God told him to go back. He said, I want you to go back and I want you to talk to those people and I want you to do as I commanded you. Uh, and he's like, God, these people, they're going to try to kill me. They're going to try to take me out. Are, are you serious? He said, go back. And how many of you know that had to take faith? He had to go back and approach these people that were trying to take him out and, and take him down. And, and, but sometimes God will call you to a place that you don't want to go because the place that you don't want to go is where God wants you to go. Now, that, that's a whole other message in itself. Sometimes God will send you to a place because he has a bigger mission than what you can see. And so he goes back to these people and he says, hey, okay, I'm here, but don't kill me yet. God told me to try something. Let's do something. I want to build two s similar altars. And what we're going to do, you pray to your God. I'm going to pray to my God. And whichever God releases fire on this uh, on this sacrifice, then this is what, uh, then that will be the God that is the real God. And so that happens. They set up the, the, the things and, and Elijah goes, hey, he goes, you guys go ahead and go first. I'll, I'll let you even go first. So they go set up their altar, put things down and they begin 
to start their prayer and everything. And it's crazy, y'all. They start going, hey, yo, what you? Hey, yo, what you? Hey, yo, what you? They begin to tear their clothes off and they begin to get up on the altar and shake it. They were screaming and shouting. There was even some, some uh, uh, versions that say they were beginning to cut themselves and, and bleed and, and do all. They were crazy, y'all. They were doing all this stuff. They're screaming, they're shouting, and, and nothing is happening. Nothing is happening. And I love Elijah's response. Elijah's like, why don't y'all pray a little louder? <laughs> Why don't y'all keep, keep doing that? That's, that's cool. Is he, is he asleep? Is, is he asleep? What is he doing? And it says they did this all morning long, all morning long. And then finally, Elijah said, okay, all right, y'all, let's stop. It's my turn. Let me, let me show you. Let me show you how we're going to do this. And so not only did he have just a sacrifice with just wood and, and different things, he said, let's, let's make this interesting. Let's put, let's put some rock on it. And then not just put rock, let's put some water on it, gallons and gallons and gallons and gallons upon it. So they do that. They're like, this dude's crazy. This is never going to happen. They do that. And then Elijah steps back and he says, Father God. My Lord, my Savior, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the only true and living God. If you be the God that I worship, if you be the God that says uh, who you are, if you be the God that I speak the words of, then you send down fire from this heaven and burn up this sacrifice. And immediately, everybody say immediately, immediately it happened. So Elijah was God's man, and one more way that you get to know that he was, a, he was God's man is Elijah never died. He never died. There's two people, there's two people in the Bible that we know that didn't die, and Elijah was one of those. And so you're just like, man, this guy had an awesome assignment on his life. And so after that happens, he, he, he has the sacrifice, and the fire comes from heaven. Then God says, I have more instructions for you. Let's go forward. And so let's pick it up in 1 Kings chapter 19, and let's see what happens here. It says, then the Lord told him, told Elijah, go back the same way you came and travel to the wilderness of Damascus. When you arrive there, anoint Hazel to be king of Aram. Then anoint Jehu, grandson of Nimshi, to be king of Israel. And anoint Elisha, son of Shaphat, from the town Abel to replace you. Y'all, these names, Nimshi, Hazel, like, come on, God. We, could, we can't have Jack and Tom. Like, come on. So anyway, let me, let me tell you what happened here. So God told him, go back the same way. I, I believe that there was like a, a dialogue here that maybe we don't see that, that may have happened. God said, go back, anoint this king, anoint that king. Oh, yeah, and then go anoint your replacement. Now, Elijah had to be like, hold on, God. Like, I'm, I'm your man. Like, what do you mean? Do you? I just put my life on the line for you. Hey, and we, the Chick-fil-A. Like, I don't want to lose those benefits. Like, what is going on? And God says, no, there's somebody that I want to have to replace you. And so some theologians say the reason why Elijah did this is because he had some struggles in his own self, his own mind, that some, it was time for somebody else to take the next territory. And so let's pick up uh, now in verse 19. I want to get to the meat of what I want to talk to you about today. It says, so Elijah went and found Elisha, son of Shaphat, plowing a field. Everybody say plowing a field. There were 12 teams of oxen in the field and Elisha was plowing with the 12th team. Elijah went over to him and threw his cloak across his shoulders and then 
he walked away. Now, let me explain this here real quick because this is so, it, it could be a really confusing thing. Like, what is going on here? Elijah, Elisha is out here working and he's, he's plowing. And Elijah, we got to understand that prophets back in the day, rulers, kings, all those things, they wore something that showed them, that showed the people who they were. And so even prophets, they wore a special garment, a special robe to show them show the people who they were. And so sometimes people feared them. Sometimes people were excited to see them. There was a lot of different things that happened there. They, they sent them there and they put the robe on them. He puts the robe on Elisha. And can you imagine Elisha is work like he's at work right now. He's working and Elijah comes and puts this cloak on him. He sees this thing on him that's red and royal purple and all things. He's like, hold on. What is What's going on? Because he put it on him and then walked away. Like, can y'all imagine if Pastor Gene came to your job tomorrow and he brought his little lapel microphone and the keys to the church and dropped it on your desk and then he just walked away? Like, we'd be like, uh, Pastor, <laughs> hello, what are you doing? But that's what happened here. He was working and Elijah put it on him. And so it's like, what in the world did that mean? What I want you to see is that when he put that cloak on him, that was representing that Elisha, it is now time for you to take your territory right now. And so he put it on him and he walked away. And then that was the other thing that, that baffled me, Pastor Jay. I'm like, why would he just like, can you say something like follow me or help me or what's going on? He put it on him and then he walked away. And some people are like, why did he walk away? Well, they said that Elijah was struggling. He was struggling with his calling. But nevertheless, he did it anyway. So let's continue and pick it up here in, in verse 20. And it says, Elisha left the oxen standing there and he ran after Elijah. So let me stop there real quick because what you must understand is that Elijah walked away because he was not ready to pass the mantle to who it was time for them to take their territory. And so what happens is when he did that, that shows me that even when you get the message of taking your territory, even when you get the message of receiving and saying, walk in your spiritual authority, even when you're saying, get up, pick your head up, walk with your purpose, there are still times that you actually have to chase after it. The sky is not going to crack all the time. There's not going to be a sign to fall out of the sky. There are some, there is some work that you have to do. Look at your neighbor and say, there's some work I got to do. And so he left him standing there and Elisha ran after him. He's like, hey, what is going on? And so then he says, first, let me go and kiss my father and mother goodbye. And then I will go with you. Elijah replied, go on back, but think, think about what I've done to you. What happened there? Elisha, he said, he said, I, I, you know, I see this calling. I see this calling on my life and you put this mantle on me and you're saying that I need to take my territory, but, but let me go back to, 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 to my place that I'm comfortable in. Let me go back to the place where I, I, I'm comfortable. Let me go back to the place that I know where everything is. Let me go back to this place. But the thing is, sometimes we do the exact same thing, church. God is calling us to go forward. He's calling us to walk in a new territory. Pastor Gene is saying, get up, pick your head up, call out, bring your family back home, bring your healing back home, walk in your spiritual authority. But we say, okay, amen, we received that, but let me go back to this relationship that ain't no good for me. 
Let, let, let me go back to, to this job that is not beneficial at all. Let me go back to this broken state because I'm comfortable here. Let, let me go back because this is where I'm comfortable. But you've heard at this church a million times, God has not called the church to be comfortable. He's never called us to be comfortable. And so he goes back and he goes, but, but let me go back. And Elijah says, go on back, but think about what I've done to you. Now, let me explain this to you real quick, because there is a time and there is a season to everything. There's a time and a season to everything, but there's also this thing called opportunity. And, and I want to bring up this graphic here real quick. Let's bring up that big O for me, uh, Garrett. Now, I'm sorry to all the Kansas fans who lost to Oregon last night. This is, this is not a shot at y'all, but it's not a K. So <laughs> anyways, so there's a this big O here, this, this represents time and season, and this represents opportunity. But I want to show you that in time and season, it goes in cycles, it goes in circles, and it's long. It's, you got to get around it. But look, let me show you how small the window of opportunity is. Let me show you. Look at that right there. That is the window of opportunity that we have. And so what Elijah was telling Elisha was saying, hey, be careful with going back because you could miss your season. And I'm here to tell some of you today that maybe the reason why you have continued to struggle with those things, with those emotions, with that brokenness is because you keep missing your window of opportunity. And this church, this is where generational curses come from. This is where hurt and pain and cycles come from because people just miss their window, miss their opportunity. And sometimes I'm speaking under the boldness of the spirit. There's some people sitting in this church right now that has been struggling with the same thing for 10 years. 10 years. Why? Because we missed the window of opportunity. But God is saying you are not next. You must walk in your off, off opportunity in your season now. Everybody say now. When it's not your time, everyone may not support you, but you must still walk in your season. Now let's, let's go to verse 21, and I'm almost done, y'all. So Elisha left him, and he went on back. He took his yoke of oxen and slaughtered them. And then, watch this, he burned the plowing equipment. I'm going to say one more time. He burned the plowing equipment to cook the meat and gave it to the people, and they ate. Then he set out to follow Elijah and become his servant. So what happened here? I believe that as Elisha was on his journey back, he realized, man, there's only a little... There's only a little window. There's only a little opportunity. God has placed this on me to walk in my season and to walk into my calling and to walk into my destiny and purpose. And, and I don't want to miss it. And so what he did was he went back and he burned the very thing that made him comfortable. <laughs> he went back to the thing. He said, you know what? 
It ain't even worth it because what God has in front of me, what God has ahead of me, what God has is this new territory for me. It is greater. So I set a match to what I'm comfortable with. I set a match to what I'm struggling with. And I'm here to tell somebody today, that's what you must do. You must go back to that thing that keeps bothering you, that thing that keeps coming up, that thing that's like a thorn in your flesh and say, no, no, in Jesus' name, I don't care about what I have gone through, the struggles, the pain, the addiction the hurt, but I am looking forward to the territory that you have for me. So I go back to that relationship and I let it burn. I go back to that addiction and I let it burn. I go back and I reclaim my family. I take my territory. I take my kids. I take my family and I say we, for as me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Give God a shout of praise in this place if you believe it. So he went back to the very thing, the very thing that made him comfortable, and he let it burn. Everybody say, let it burn. I want you to understand that this was so important because this symbolized to God that there was absolutely nothing for him to return to. He gave it all. He said, God, that's it. Take it all, and I'm going to walk in this calling that you have given me. Closing with these final statements, I want you to understand how important fire is and burning is. Fire is mentioned often in the Bible. And almost every time that fire is mentioned, the presence of God was attached to that fire. And then when the presence of God was attached to that fire, whoever encountered their fire, their lives changed. Their lives changed forever. Let let me prove it to you. Moses, who blew it, he killed somebody, y'all, in broad daylight, made one of the biggest mistakes, and he ran away and said, I'm not good enough. And that's how some of you feel today. I'm not good enough to receive it. But guess what? God found him on the mountainside. And how did he speak to him? Through the fire. Through the burning bush. It was there and he said, Moses, my son, get up. I know what you have done. I know how you messed up. I know what you struggled with. But get up. Because I've got something I need you to do. And I'm telling somebody in this place today, get up. Get up. And let it burn. God speaks through the fire. Then Moses took the Israelites and he released, he got them out of Egypt. And then after he got them out of Egypt, God led them in the destination towards the promised land. And how did he lead them? During the day, he led them by a cloud. And during the night, guess how he left them? He led them with a fire. He led them with the fire, and it was through the darkness, and they couldn't see. I know some of you can't see where your answer's coming from, can't see where the healing's coming from, can't see how your marriage is going to be healed, and it is really dark. But if you follow the fire of God, it will reveal something in your life. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they were thrown directly into the fire. The thing that meant to take them out turned to be their biggest blessing and not only were they just in the fire but guess who was in the fire with them Jesus Christ was in the fire with them in Acts 
the disciples, what happened? Tongues of fire fell on them. And they began to be filled of the Holy Spirit. Some of you must understand that we have got to walk in the fire and let some things burn in order for you to receive the new and the now in your life. There are some some, some things, church, that we got to go back and burn. And I mean today. There's some of you who have gone through stressful relationships and addictions and heartbreak and unforgiveness. And God is saying today is your day to go back to that plow and say no more. No more. I let it burn today. I want to close with this this example I shared in the first service. So I don't know if we're still in it because I don't know much about it, but I know a few weeks ago we were in uh, what they call burn season and uh, where uh, people burn, burn the trash, burn, uh, farmers burn and stuff like that. And I remember we're on I- I-44 and we're headed home to Tulsa visiting family. And I mean, for about 20, 25 miles, I see this massive massive fire and and we're driving and as we get closer it looks like that fire is about to jump over and get on onto the highway and I'm like oh my goodness I'm like babe babe do you I'm I'm like really freaking out y'all I'm like oh my gosh do you see this fire my wife goes babe chill out she goes that's just a farmer burning his land I go oh yeah I knew that (laughs) but then what I did secretly I went to the greatest, the second greatest source on the planet. Number one is the Bible. Number two is Google. Can I get an amen? I went to Google and I said, why do farmers burn their land? Listen, my wife is from the country. So she, I mean, when I say she's from the country, I mean, there's like 30 miles in between houses. Like that's where she's from. City boy. I don't know nothing about that. And so I looked it up. I said, Why do farmers burn their land? And I'm going to try not to get excited after I say this. And it said, the reason that farmers burn their land is to prepare for the new harvest that is to come. To prepare for the new harvest that is to come. So I'm here to tell somebody today, there are some things that we are going to let burn. You are not going to leave here the same. I'm speaking that prophetically. We are going to let some things burn. And when it does, it's going to release all this smoke signal. And people are going to be like, why are you still smiling even though you're hurting? Why are you still happy even though you lost your job? Why are you still doing this? You're going to say, because it doesn't matter. I went back to it. I let it burn. And I'm looking forward to what Jesus Christ has for me. Do I have anybody in this place that's ready for something to burn in their life? You got to let it burn. Everybody say, let it burn. Come on, one more time. Say, let it burn. We're going to close the service in a different way than I normally do, than we normally do here. But there was such a powerful anointing in the first service, and I believe that God is here to do it again. There's some really real things that some of us need to let burn. I mean big things. Things that have shaped the course of your life. Things that have shaped who you are now. 
And God is telling me to tell you today that you are not the full version of who you are until you let this thing burn. And I don't, I don't deem myself to be a prophet, but I do know that sometimes God deals with me in the prophetic. And I just want you to bow your heads and close your eyes for a moment. And I need all my prayer warriors, all my intercessors, I need y'all to begin to pray at this moment because this is going to be a big, impactful moment for some people in their lives right now. I don't want anybody distracted. I don't want anybody caring about who's even sitting next to you. I want you to focus on you right now. But there are some really big things, some really big challenges that have been thrown at some people. Whether it was your fault or not, it was thrown at you. And God is saying today, let it burn. I don't call myself to be a prophet, but I know he deals with me in the prophetic. And over a month ago, a month ago, he gave me this list of things that I needed to call out here at this church. I didn't know I was speaking this Sunday. I didn't know I was speaking on this message. But God knew, and he had you on his mind. So there are some very real things that I'm about to call out in some people right now. And I want us to have a spirit of prayer. I want us to have a spirit of intercession and say, yes, God, we agree with that. We are going to let it burn. There's some people here who have walked through a divorce. And most days, yes, Lord, I feel your presence. Most days, you feel fine. You feel like you made it on the other side. You feel like you're okay. But then there's some days that you're like, how did this happen? Why did they do it to me? Why did I do it to them? And there is some very strong feelings that God is telling me to tell you today that it is affecting the very character of who you are. He is calling you to be the best version of you. And today, in the name of Jesus, let that thing burn. Let it burn. Don't let those emotions come back up anymore in the name of Jesus. There's somebody here. All of us are excited that spring season is here. But there's some of you that have almost like a PTSD fear of storms because of the tornado that happened here. And God put this on my heart a month ago. But he's here to tell you today that you don't have to walk in that fear. You don't have to walk in that He's got you, and you're covered. So today, you are going to let that fear burn. There is somebody here. Now, this one's hard, because I was like, God, I don't even want to bring that up in somebody. But how many know that the church is a place of healing and a place of restoration? There is somebody here who's never told anybody, but you were done wrong. You were touched wrong. You were raped or you were molested and you could not believe that it happened to you. You couldn't believe who did that to you. I don't care if this was five years ago, two years ago, 20 years ago. There's somebody here that's holding on to that and I'm here to tell you even though that person didn't love you, God loves you and he'll treat you right. So today, 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 let that thing burn in Jesus name there's somebody here and I felt this one real strong in the first service there's somebody here that's walking in an unforgiveness of a parent and I'm not just talking about the teens I'm not talking you could be 16 or 60 but there's somebody 
that if today you don't let it go, you are going to take this unforgiveness to your grave. But right now, in Jesus' name, I'm telling you, and I'm speaking it out over you, let that unforgiveness burn. I just got a couple of more and I'm done. There's somebody that's been through a physical and emotional abusive relationship. And I'm here to tell you today, get up. Get up. Move away from that and go to where God has called you to be. There is somebody that is better, that loves you, that will treat you better. You don't have to take that anymore. So today, you are going to let it burn. And my last one, I thought it was just in the first service, but I feel it here too. There's somebody here that just recently you had thoughts of suicide. Say, what if I just take a couple extra pills? What if I just drink a little, get in the car, and just see what happens? Nobody will even care. Nobody will even know. But I'm here to tell you today that that is a lie from the pits of hell. God loves you. Your church loves you. We love you. And today, we are going to let those thoughts burn in Jesus' name. Come on, everybody, shout, let it burn. Come on, one more time, shout, let it burn. Now we're going to close out in a different way than we normally do. There's a special anointing here. If there's anything that I called out that you know today, you got to let it go. you got to let it burn. Or even if I did not call it out and you know there are some things, there's some unforgiveness, there's some brokenness in your life and you say today I do not want to walk out those doors with this any longer. Today I'm going to let it burn. Don't you dare let the enemy hold you. Don't you dare walk in a spirit of pride. Don't you care about what people are looking or thinking around. Nobody's going to ask you to say what you've been through but we do believe that the altar is a place of healing and it's a place of burning. So on the count of three, if that is you, I want you to get out of your seats quickly and get down to this altar. One, two, three. Come on, move. Get down here now. Come on. Come on. Get down here now. Come on. Come on. And throw yourself at the feet of Jesus right now. Come on. Come on. We're going to let some things burn. Now when you get here, don't look at me. Look at the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Come on, we're going to let some things burn today. We let it burn today, God. Come on, Jesus is here. I need some of my staff, some of my leaders to begin to go and touch some of these people and pray over them. We are going to let some things burn today in Jesus' name. Come on, come on, church. Come on, church. And if you're out there in the audience, I don't want you watching. I want you praying. In fact, go ahead and stand to your feet right now. And let's begin to pray. Come on, church. He's here. Come on, church. He's here. Come on. Come on. Ask him to let it go in the name of Jesus. We want some things to burn, oh God. We don't want to carry it any longer. We don't want to carry it any longer, Jesus. Come on, let unforgiveness go. Let the brokenness go. Let the pain go. Let the tears flow. We let it burn in Jesus' name. Come on, he's here right now, church. He's here right now, church. Come on, this is a moment we don't always have to sing a song. 
to close the altar call. But sometimes God just wants to do something in us. Come on, church. We're going to let some things burn in Jesus' name. Let it go. Let it go. Let it go in Jesus' name. We believe it, oh God. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Jesus, for what you're doing in this place. We thank you, Jesus. We let it go, God. We let the emotion go. We let the heartbreak go. We let the trouble go. In Jesus' name, we want it to burn, oh God. Burn it deep in us, oh God. Burn it deep with us, oh God. Burn it deep with us, oh God. In Jesus' name. Come on, just a few more moments. God is doing something. Come on. Come on, begin to stir up your faith in this place. Begin to stir it up in this place. Come on, let it go in Jesus' name. Let it go in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Come on, let's go. Come on, church. Come on. We're moving past it. We're moving forward. We're letting it burn, Jesus. Come on, let the tears go. Let it flow. Let it flow. And let it go. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, we thank you, God. Come on. Come on. He's here in this place right now. In Jesus' name, we're letting some things go. Burn. 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 Burn in Jesus' Come on, he's here. Come on, he's doing some things in this place. Just a few more seconds. Begin to cry out to the king. We thank you, God. Now, come on, let's sing it out in this place. Set a fire down in my soul that I can't contain, that I can't control. I want more. Come on, stand to your feet and let's close out in this place. Come on, set a fire. Set a fire down in my soul that it can't contain, that it can't. Come on, church. Come on, he's releasing the fire in this place. Lift up your hands and sing it. Set a fire, come on. Set a fire down in my soul that it can't contain, that it can't control. I want more of you, God. Come on, lift it up in this place, church. He's here. Set a fire. Come on. Set a fire down. Come on, church. Lift it up. Set. Set a fire down in my soul. Come on, one more time. One more time. Lift it up. Set a fire. Set a fire down in my soul that I can't contain. Now, come on. Every hand uplifted right now. Every hand uplifted, 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 uplifted. The last thing I want to close and tell you is... I used to live in Chicago, 
And there was this highway that we drove down. Every time we drove down this highway, we were like, what is that smell? It stinks. And we figured out what was going on is that they were using fire to burn up some garbage. And it produced that smell. I'm here to tell you today that God is about to burn up all the garbage in your life, all the stress in your life, all the fear in your life. And it may not be easy. It may not be easy. It may stink. It may not be fun. But there is going to be a freedom released in your life. And so what we're going to do to close this out, we're going to give God a shout, a praise, a victory for what he has done in our lives. Are y'all ready, church? Let's lift it up in this place. One. Come on, lift it up. One, two, give him a shout in this. Come on, church. Come on, keep it going. Lift up a victorious shout. Shout. Come on, shout. I was praying, I just felt the Holy Spirit give me a word and I want to give it to you today. You know, last couple of weeks we've been talking about going to the other side, about going to new places and crossing over. And I hear the, the Spirit of the Lord saying today that it's time to burn bridges. Time to burn bridges. That means that you say, you know what, I'm crossing past this place of hurt. I'm crossing over this place of, of hurt, rejection, bitterness addiction, whatever it is that you've been holding you back. Today you made, God, I'm giving to you. So we're, we're physically in the spirit. We're crossing over the bridge. And today I hear the spirit saying, now I want to burn the bridge. I want to burn the bridge so you don't go back. Burn the bridge so you don't go back. Burning the bridges. So today I want you to raise your hands one more time. I want to close that by just praying for you. Father, I thank you today for the word that came to us about burning deep within us, Lord, about burning deep within us, God, through the power of the Holy Spirit. God, you burn something deep within us. And I pray today, God, as people have stepped out of their seat, and because they God, I'm stepping out for the place of rejection, of hurt, where I used to be. I'm stepping out of the place, Lord, of unforgiveness and bitterness and things that have happened. Lord, I'm stepping out of that place, and I'm, I'm crossing to a new side. I'm crossing over the Father right now. I pray that you begin to burn the bridges of our past. Burning the bridges, God. No longer will we cross back over to that side. But God, we're going to new territory. We're possessing new ground. We're going to new places. Father, right now, through the Spirit, I proclaim, burn the bridges. Burn the bridges. Burn the bridges, Father, right now. It's a new day. It's a new season. It's a new day. It's a new season. In the name of Jesus, if you receive that, and one more time, put your hands together and give them a shout of praise. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. What a, what a powerful, powerful word today. Thank you, Pastor TJ. We appreciate that so, so much. Today, man, let it burn within you. All week, let it burn within you. Spending time with the Lord. Let it burn within you today. God bless you. Turn around and give someone a high five or give them a hug. And say, God is so good. God bless you. We'll see you back tonight at 6 o'clock for the crash night.